Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner, where we are enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside the business. Today, we are with Maddie Williams from Platinum Financial Services. And guess what? We're going to be talking about all things full stack business owners talk about. Now, if you want to join the conversation, head over to Facebook, join the full stack business owner community, start pinging Maddie and just consistently just ping Maddie. Just ping him. Every day, he's just, very active in the group, I will just, say. You can probably do that. So if you do our bookkeeping questions, that's actually a really good idea. Just ping him. Just do what I do. Just keep going for it. Now, before we dive into some value, let's uh, cue your infamous disclaimer, Charlie. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right, guys, we do have to kick this one off with an additional disclaimer because Matt is a sponsor of the show. I would hate for anyone to get the wrong idea that we bring someone on here and promote them and that we've got some little secret deal thing going on. Matt absolutely is a sponsor. We endorse his services and think he's awesome at what he does. If you have a poor quality, I was going to swear, but I saved myself then. But if you have a poor quality bookkeeper, I would highly encourage you read out, reach out because this is a very important thing to get right and nailed um, for your business because it's just such an, a critical thing to being a full stack business owner. Now, today we're talking about like, I know a, a little bit of a dense topic, I'm going to say. This is one that it's, it could go over people's heads in a really big way. And we're going to be talking about like basically setting up your financial reports and having the right kind of itemization so you, you can read them well. And I want to set this one up with an idea is that when people get into business and they hire a bookkeeper, what normally happens, and I'll say normally, not all cases, is that someone will get some reports from their bookkeeper and then the business owner will just take this to, oh, this is what's standard. I'm just going to roll with it. And a lot of people can end up with a very outdated reporting style or just a reporting style that's not right for them. So, I mean, again, is this bookkeeper might have a bias to a certain type of bookkeeping or things she likes to see to make her life. It's a girl in this example here. I don't know why. Could be a guy that's doing bookkeeping <laughs> so as well. Like, oh, like. Yeah, but if that's you know, if they've only done service businesses and you're a product business, they're going to set up your reporting like the service businesses, and you need very different reporting in that case there. And I'll use an analogy. It's like imagine you buy a new car and it's got a dashboard, and then you just well, this is the dashboard I got. I'm going to use it. But if your goal is, well, this is a car maybe I want to do some long-distance trips around Australia with and you need a long-range fuel tank, suddenly like what's important to have on your dashboard is you might need an extra dial. You might need uh, a different fuel gauge to go, well, if I'm doing these longer trips, this you know, fuel gauge on the stock dashboard isn't actually going to serve me. So we're going to dig into itemization. I think this is a huge one. Um, I think it's very important and I hope uh, many people take the time to actually like communicate with their bookkeeper on the back of this or reach out to Maddie to make sure that they get this in place because it will serve you very, very well. Now, I want to kick this one off with, um, as I like, because there's some funny horror stories out there. So, Maddie, welcome to the show. Uh, just a reminder as well, you're more than welcome to introduce your business and give us a little rant here. But the, f- um, the thing I want to hear out of you next out of that is tell us a horror story. Tell us the consequence of a business that hasn't had their report set up well. Thanks, guys. I appreciate coming back on. Uh, 
yeah, Platinum Financial Services, we help everyone out there out to do better their business. That's what we're there for. We're here to help you, not make your job harder. Your job's hard enough as it is. I'm a business owner. My job's hard enough. Like, I don't want to get any harder. But looking at horror stories, man, where do I start? I, I, I'll choose the worst one. And do the it. worst one will be a bookkeeper that uh, had their financial statements done, so they were giving them to their client, in 11 years, never changed. 11 years, never changed the reporting, even though the business went from a sole proprietor to having, uh, I think in 11 years, there were 18 employees, different business, totally different business, different different projects, undertaking different things, needing different things, needing different styles, needing to know different things, but from day dot to day 11, same report, same way, same information, totally useless. So let's talk about the impacts of that. What, what did they leave on the table by not changing it? Like across the years, like what's the real cost of it if you had to, like I know it's a, it'll be opportunity cost, so it's an estimation. But where oh, did the, that hurt them the most? Th- it hurt them the most in their opportunities to not be able to look at what they can do to increase their business, to increase cash flow, to increase uh, income, but also to decrease the expenses. Knowing what your expenses are is one thing. Like knowing your line items on your expenses is one thing, but knowing how to utilize them or reduce them or maximize the output from them is another thing altogether. And that's where the opportunity cost lies. And one of the biggest things that when we came on board and looked at this, we said to them, it's like, do you know your ratios or do you know, you know, do you know your employee outputs? No. What's an employee output? Um, okay. Let's go back and bring it back you know, two or three levels and go, okay, do you know that each employee has so many hours per year that they should be able to earn so much income? Uh, no. Okay, let's go back one step. So the opportunity cost in there is massive. Like you're talking it, over the space of 11 years, you're talking hundreds if not you know, you're hundreds of thousands of dollars for this business. Easy. Yeah, it's massive. What about you, Grant? Share a story on this one. I know you've seen some things too. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like, don't ask me, don't ask me, don't ask me, don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've got too many of these things. So I'm going to go an, on a simplistic one, which was my own business. And I don't know, I'm going to ask you a question, Charlie, because I know that you've done marketing before. If you had a document that had all your itemized expenses and it had these five things on it, could you tell me what the difference was? Advertising, marketing, marketing outsource, Google ads, paid advertising. I might have a little bit of trouble with that. <laughs> oh, three, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then team cost was like one line. <laughs> and so I'm like, right, this is where it just gets too complicated, where it's just there's no even waiting. It is no no necessity as to why these items are completely split out or not combined together at all because – there was no business insights, nothing that was going to change if you didn't group some of those marketing costs together. But for some reason, just this complexity where they'd said, oh, this is Google Ads. We'll create a new item for that. Oh, this is a team. What did the team do? Marketing. Oh, we'll just create a new line item for that. Like <laughs> It's not going, well, where does it actually sit? So there are more stories to the back of that. But it basically, the summary is stupidly over complex where everything was itemized out to the wazoo even like things that hadn't had a cost for six months were still there like it was just like zero zero zero. (laughs) it was just sitting there and so then you had invoices that were reconciled to three different things 
even though they were the exact same invoice, just for different months. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the ones, like key ones I've seen across the years as well, is like when someone goes too detailed with their reporting, like they break it into too many things and like you look at their P&Ls example and it's like six pages. Correct. Just keep at, going. Wow. And I look at that and go, if people are getting that type of report, the likelihood of them just getting overwhelmed, not actually taking in any insights, not actually getting anything useful out of it, like it was like, well, what's the point? And I think that's a like a very real danger. So there's definitely like a category of people out there that way too overdone and then get no insight out of it and then overall like their business, like it compromises for it. They Good pay point. a huge tax on that because it's not actually helping them govern. Uh, I, I came across one and this is a, a really, how can I put this, like the opposite almost. Actually, it is the opposite <laughs> where I was working with a company who were very aggressively trying to grow. Like Their goal was they wanted to grow their business and essentially every month they were just pouring everything back into this business, like everything. But the thing that was on their reporting, which was just like two altogether, is they had contractors, staff and commissions all in one category because they just saw it as people expenses. Now, as the business grew, right, you can see that, well, their sales commission is going to go up. So they're looking at this item and it's growing in that way, thinking they're keeping in top of headcount. They think, well, we're hiring enough people, like it's all going there, but they weren't. And because they didn't realise that their, like, fixed staff, their delivery team wasn't growing, they were only growing, like, acquisition staff, they were completely blind to the idea that, like, they're essentially selling all these things with no ability to deliver it. Yeah. None. Wow. And it's like at the scale they were running, that just meant that like we're talking, we're not talking small disaster zone. We're talking like massive disaster zone. I would, I would say this mistake cost them a million dollars. I'm not even joking. And um, like unpack it a bit further to just understand why is because what do you think happens when you have sold all these things and then can't deliver? Backlash, refunds, like you, the Google reviews they got of like, this is a terrible product their inability to deliver, they had to slow down their marketing. Well, if you're slowing down your marketing, suddenly your best sales guys can't make commissions and they're like, well, why would I want to be here? Yeah. So they lost good people across that and it's like all because of like blind reporting. Like this is blind reporting. Now what's interesting here is like they actually thought they were doing their reporting well. <laughs> like they thought like we sit down and we read it and, you know, the team's growing and but – that's where like itemization done wrong has a, a really big impact that we look at from there. And um, I just think that it's the likelihood of someone listening to this podcast and then being in the category of like hasn't changed anything in 11 years to your point or doesn't change anything, thinks reports are fixed. Well, this is what the reports should be. And if you don't have um, like experiencing other people's reports, I don't think people are aware that, you know, you can actually change reports. Totally. Like, there isn't a set template. If you need things for your business, you can do it. I've come across the same thing, Grant, where it's like um, people have got things so, as I said, just so detailed, it ruins them. There's no insight to be gained. They're not doing anything with it. And then to the point of here is this like really combined effort here that comes into it. So next thing I want to dig into in this episode is actually going like, well, how do you think about this in reports? Like where do you actually start with it? So Matt, if if you have um, someone coming in and let's say they've they've never done, uh, never had reports or good reports um, before, like how do you think about like unpacking this topic? Because it is such an important one. The best place to start is what do you, what's your goals? If you don't know, if as a bookkeeper, we don't know what our client's goals are, we can't help them reach their goals. It's, it's that simple. 
So we need to know what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, and how you're trying to trying to get there. Uh, let's say the example: I want to you know save a hundred thousand dollars in twelve months. Okay, cool. We break that into monthly goals, weekly goals, whatever it is, however much we're reporting. Simple as that. So we can then go. Okay, you need to um, you know save. Let's say it's one hundred twenty thousand dollars, twelve thousand, you know, ten thousand dollars a month. So therefore, you know, you got to save two and a half thousand dollars a week. Easy. But where does that saving come from? Then we go into deeper levels like that. But to keep it simple, the simple reporting for that would be what is our saving line? So we we've got our you know future savings report, like as in the line on the item on the report. And if it says at the end of the month it's anything less than ten thousand dollars, you're off track. But then just we curiously, can, just curiously, <laughs> has anyone ever, has any business owner ever come to you and gone like, hey, here's my goals. I want this reflected on my reports to help me keep on track. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, I'm honest. But it's our job. It's my job as a bookkeeper and as a report producer to go, you need the information to be able to set your goals or, you know, to track your goals. That's the biggest thing. It's about tracking. I can go simply, I can go, hey, guys, you need to take that $2,500 a month and it has to be $177 a day. So, you know, I can give you a report every day to save you $177 or whatever it is. It's like that's, you know, but- Quick maths. It's good. Yeah, it was not very good maths. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> but, you know, I can do that on a daily basis and give you a, a, a snapshot every day and go, here it is. But that's not going to help you. And then depending on your business, well, you know, my business is fluctuating. Like, you know, I my December and January are pathetic like we have no cash so i've got to make sure they've got cash in the bank so we have no income so therefore it's like can, well, you, okay. can you explain that matt can you go deeper yeah. on that because i think this is another one that catches people and i'll use an example here actually no use your own business as an example explain because yes. i know it a little bit but the audience won't yeah so my so my business is auditing so i'm an auditor by trade been doing it for 20 years love what i do i'm crazy i know but that's right that's what I that's why that's why i do what i do but like i know that in december and january i'm gonna have probably less than 3% of my total income for the year in that period. So it's it's about 2.8%. So and I still have exact same expenses every month, fixed fixed costs don't change every month, my wages don't change every month. So therefore I know that by the 30th of November I've got to have x amount in the bank to cover my costs till the end of February. And so if I'm then going taking back to reporting, if I'm trying to save that, I've got to add that on top. So I've got to be make sure that I've got you know my X amount plus thirty thousand dollars to save my ten thousand dollars a month. Now, if I don't know that, if if my report doesn't tell me that I've got it there, well, then what's the use of having a report? Yeah, yeah, so seasonality is a great one there. Grant, yeah. jump in. I know you're yeah, that was, on this one. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much personality. Because I love this point because it's a second point that people might not understand on this concept of goals, right, which is the seasonality. And there are two things that I'm going to try and simplify. this: seasonality on expenses and seasonality on income, right? Now, if you're an e-commerce store, your income is going to be loaded up towards Christmas. Or if you're a, I don't know, a store doing... Um, I don't know, Valentine's Day cards. Well, your February is going to be packed, I would right? Love to, I would love to see a florist's like book oh, totally. Valentine's no. Day. I have seen a florist's book, by the way, Charlie. But you've got another layer in that though, right? Because it's like if your income's coming here, like don't you have to buy the stock? Dude, right? exactly. So I actually know florists and the cash that they save 
over like three months leading up to like a Valentine's Day is ridiculous. Like you're talking huge amounts of money transacted the morning of Valentine's Day and just the amount of vans, the amount of everything that comes in. But you got to plan for that months in advance, right? Because that's a huge revenue hit. But in addition to that, from the expenses, side, like that's income and you can think of heaps, right? Like you've got Black Fridays for like e-commerce stores. You've got, you probably have like financial years for software businesses or SaaSes where people are trying to get their annual um, income in. Um, but on the flip side, to your point, Maddie, is your expenses and your seasonality on expenses where great. Like I know a lot of people have got team in the Philippines where there are bonuses at Christmas. Okay. Well, how are you going to start thinking about saving for that as opposed to just getting to Christmas and going, oh my gosh. And so I love the idea of you've got goals of what your outcomes are going, which is business and personal. And you've also got this kind of seasonality, I guess, is what we'll talk about it with incomes and expenses that you also need to communicate with your bookkeeper. Well, and your bookkeeper will probably be able to see it through your last 12, 24, 36 months of reporting and go, hey, like, did you know you should probably start saving now for Christmas? It's so yeah. underutilized, right? But Completely. even the point we've just made here is like, how is it possible that one set of books and itemization could work across these different things? How? I, it just can't. And it's like not being aware of that and not having a good relationship with your bookkeeper to extract that to your needs is just ridiculous. Are there, are there any other considerations, Matty, you would take into this? The other consideration, you know, you've got to look at is cash flow. Like I know, you know, reporting is all that stuff, but it also comes back to cash flow. Like, you know, like you're saying with the um, with the florist, like you're going to get this massive influx of, you know, cash in February. You've actually got to make it last till next January to then buy all the stuff again. So you've got to look at, you know, do you put some aside? Do you put some in other places? But you've got to also take into consideration your growth. If you're, if you're growing, like if you're a growing business, you're going to have different um, different goals and different outcomes, like to compare to if you want to just save. So if you're just saving, like we're saving one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, ten thousand dollars a month, oh, but I want to add three employees. Well, then that's another complexity to it. So therefore, it's another area you you with the bookkeeper and the client. They need to know what you want to do. They need to know where you want to get to. It's it, yeah, you know, the old saying: if you you know if you aim for nothing, you hit it every time. Yeah. If you aim for something, then you've got to you, – you don't know if you hit it unless you're reporting on it. I wonder how many business owners just don't have an awareness to like you've got to have really good goals. So not running a business with what you're actually trying to achieve, not aware of this, and then we wonder why so many businesses end up in trouble, whether it's with cash or whatever it is that comes from that. I think a lot of – from what I've seen, a lot of business owners know what they want. They just don't – they're afraid to articulate it. Particularly – yeah, to, yeah. To, to particularly to bookkeepers or accountants or you know even uh, financial advisors, because they're worried they won't get there, yeah. and that's their biggest fear is like, what if I don't reach it? Well, you know, if you shoot for the moon and you hit the stars, man, that's pretty good. It's better than hitting the ocean, isn't it? But I think it's, it also comes back to, uh, and this has been my experience, like back when I started. There's there's this layer of pride. Right, where I did not really want to look at my financial statements and I did not want to communicate across to my bookkeeper or my accountant what or, I was trying or to Or look in the bank account, right? Or look in the bank account. Because it was a pride thing, especially though in my first six months when I'm like hustling, I'm like, I'm not pulling in the profit I want. I'm not proud of the business that I have today because of what it's producing. And it's just this pride. But um, in actual fact, like it wasn't very long until I turned and I said, no, these are the people that are here to help me achieve these things. These are the people who have got scars on their back, have seen so many different businesses go through this where they go, oh, 
have you noticed this? This doesn't look right. Have you been aware of this? This is what other people do. And it's almost like bringing that wealth team that we always talk about, Charlie, together and sucking up the pride. Like I'm sure, Maddie, you've seen a lot of businesses that are operating month by month that aren't making profit or aren't producing the goal that a business owner was looking for. And it's fine. Like we all go through that. Who cares? Right? It's more about having the conversations. Yeah, you, you've got to be. You've got to talk. Like you've got to say, "Hey, look." And taking back to your analogy, Charlie, on the on the car, like a lot of people don't realize that the dashboard is there. If you go down to and across to, you, there's more information. There's so much more information in that dashboard. You just got to know how to use it and where to find it. There's so much more there to be able to use. And it's the same with a bookkeeper. We know numbers. Like I've looked at. I estimate over 500,000 balance sheets in the last 20 something years. <laughs> like it's probably more because, you know, like you look at, I some, you know, you look at whatever it is, you know, a thousand clients a year, whatever, you know, but to look at that many, I know where the numbers, I can look at a balance sheet and tell you exactly where it's wrong or a profit yeah. loss to tell you exactly where you can fix it in three minutes. Now, is that because I've spent three minutes looking at it? No, that's because I've spent 20 years learning about it. And so it's like I can go, hey, have you thought about this? And as a business owner, we don't know that because we're too we're focused on the business. Completely. I, I agree with that so much. And I will just acknowledge my new car. You can actually completely customize the <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but but that's but people don't realize that there's more to dashboards than just what meets on what uh, meets the eye. There's a lot more information there. Yeah, and you kind of hinted on something else as well, Matt. It's like I even think like why there's three financial reports, right? There's your cash flow statement, your P&L or income. I think it's called income statement in some yeah. parts of the world. Um, and then the balance sheet is like even the different reports can be more important to different businesses. Yeah. And I love your point, Grant, about like this all just applies to this wealth building side. Like I actually get the same reports for my property portfolio that I do for my uh, media company. Totally. Because like, uh, but I use them very, very differently. Like what's important on those reports just becomes so, so um, critical in different ways. Because for example, I've got debt in my property portfolio and like real world assets, things you can touch. In the media company, those things don't exist. So again, it just changes this whole languaging. Now, I think we've done a great job on this episode of like unpacking like the need and the problem and like where potentially people are going wrong with it. I don't want to just sit here and like stick the knife in and twist it. I think no. that we've got to like bring things to be a little bit more tangible here. So like how do we make this good? Like how do we set the idea of like if you're – and I, I don't know if we break this down by company or where we want to go with it, but if someone um, has the reports they're needing or like how, how do we make this more useful is the area I want to go. So, Maddie, <laughs> for like where do you want to go with this? We've looked at it from there. Like what's a good result for someone? How, what should it look like if someone's got their reports set up well? If, if you've got your report set up well, let's, let's go to a service business. So you're providing a service, you know, a tangible service or, um, you know, e-commerce. That Let's go e-commerce and service. Like I'm a service business. I provide a service to people. So therefore, you need to have your reports to show how much you, you know, what your fixed costs are, like, you know, what you, no matter what happens, how much it is to keep your doors open, to keep your people employed, those sort of things you need to know every month because without them, you can't move forward. You can't, you know, if you say, I want to save $10,000, well, how much does it cost to keep the doors open? I don't know. Well, how much income do you need to meet those costs plus your $10,000 saving? So you need to have those minimum reporting to know what, you know, what you – I'm trying to keep it very simple here. Like I I talk 
in language that, yo. Like- no, let's go one further. I'm going to unpack it for you. So <laughs> in a service type business that is very people heavy and maybe we should say it's a people heavy business, yep. the thing to make sure you've got covered really well in your reports is going to be around the people stuff. Absolutely. So like team cost that comes into it because that's the key factor. Yeah. So taking both of your examples would be bad examples. So like, you know, Charlie, your example on the team cost was like, you know, they didn't know the difference between commissions and 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 wages and everything else. And then Grant, in your in your one, it's like, you know, they didn't know what wages were, went to marketing. So like, you need to know that information because if you go, okay, I want to increase my income, well, increasing income, you have to pay for marketing or you have to do some sort of advertising. So therefore, that's a cost that's going to be it's going to cost you X amount, no matter whether you bring zero in or you bring 100 million in, it's going to cost you this much. So therefore, you need to know how much it's going to cost you to be able to reach the goal that you want to get to. And is it okay for the marketing one? Like, Because I'm curious about this in Grant's example because like a lot of businesses, for example, um, they're the service businesses, they might do no marketing. Totally. They might literally just referrals and repeats. Me. Uh, it's interesting that in the financial sector, it's very common, Matty. Like, yep. I find yeah. that very fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's say you're a, a different type of service business. Maybe you're a, let's go pest control. Why yep. not? And it's like you're spending money on like Google ads or Facebook ads or SEO or all these things. How, how granular should someone consider going this? Can they, should they bucket it in? Do you do it by marketing type? Like what, and this is opinion, right? I'm not going to say this yeah. is source of truth, but we just want to set some context. For context, at the start, bucket it in together in one line, maybe two lines. Then as you start to get some flow from that advertising, then we look at return on investment. So we go, okay, we break it. So like, let's go for the next six months. We're going to bucket it in in two lines, Facebook and Google. That's it. We're, anything that fits in there or, you know, like um, online advertising and a pay, pest control. Some people still use paper advertising, local rags, that sort of thing. Okay, we're going to go paper and online. We're gonna, that's our two tags. That's it. We don't want need to know any more information. We don't need to know Google, Facebook, anything like that. Then what we're going to do is work on once that we start seeing some return on like some income coming from that advertising work out which one is the best one. So then we look at our return on investment. So we go, okay, uh, local rags are costing us $600 for six months and bringing in $1,000. Our online is costing us you know, $1,000 for six months, but bringing in $10,000. You do the math, it's quite simple. So Yeah, we- I like that a lot. Because <laughs> you can think about it from here. These days it's very, uh, I'm going to say it's reasonably easy. It's not super easy, but it's reasonably easy to go, okay, well, these are the leads that came from Google or these yep. are the leads that come from Facebook. And you could go back and say, well, if this is the revenue we generated from those leads, you can track it back to that marketing spe- expense to make it like constructive. Yeah, and that would be a, a, an eventual. I for, for starters, it's like it's going to cost us X amount of dollars per month and we report on that for the next six months. Then we go, okay, now we look at it a little bit deeper. Can I go pointy question? When What's the qualifier on this? Is like, if this is like it's a hundred grand a year business, is this like they don't need it? Like when does this stage change? Like when does someone, is it like first hundred grand, just bucket it, you're 500 plus or whatever it is, or wherever you cross a hundred, that's where I, categorization becomes No, I important. think you you got to look at the size of the business and percentage-wise. So if, you, um, if you're a $100,000 business and you're spending $15,000 on advertising, 15% is a reasonable amount. Like I'm not a marketer. I have never marketed. I don't know. But my budget for this year, I'm actually going out and marketing and advertising. My budget for this year is 15% of my income. That's But that should bring me 30% growth. That's my target 
but my target is a long target. I'm a very different business. I have I have a once a year contact with my clients. So I'm spending 15% this year for a 30% growth over the next two years. That's my goal. Do you know what? This is something – I'm going to jump in on this. This is what's interesting about working with a good bookkeeper or someone with the auditing experience you have, Matt, is like you might be able to get hints from your bookkeeper – like how do businesses similar like mine, like what are their ratios? How much are they spending on marketing? Like you can get these really interesting like comparison points. Like maybe yep. people are overspending on team or marketing, but it's like if they don't have that insight like you've got there, it's like wh- where would they find it? But that, and that's an exact point, right? Because if us as business owners and it's like do, are we the ones that go and learn this to try and get our bookkeeper to become better? Or do yes. we just go I'm and get- I'm going to go, yes, ultimate responsibility. And I the, just think you have to. But if you got the right bookkeeper out of the gate, which few and far between, right? Like if I'm sitting here talking about it, he's, he's throwing percentages at me. And I'm like, oh, like that concept of percentage, where it's like if you're tracking things that are 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1% suggestion is it's too granular because it's just you're tracking such a small percentage of where you're at. Like I'm like, that is- gold i'm like oh wow like so many people should be thinking about that but i know i look at percentages but a lot of people were just looking at dollar figures and trying to understand it but the interesting thing that i want to continue sort of burrowing in on this one matt is one thing that i'm acutely aware of and i've spoken to quite a few business owners who were not where they believe that you set up the automization and it's like a set and forget where i understand that you can balloon it out and compress it down and balloon it out. So if my priority is, to your point, Matt, growth, great. I can go and itemize that out to like three, four, five different things depending on my spend. But in six months' time, I can bring it back in. <laughs> like I can merge them back in and go, great. Well, next thing I'm doing is optimizing for profitability. Let's go and balloon out the resources or the staffing. And guess what? Six months later, I can pull it back in, right? Like that's that, what that people That is literally what I do. I kid you not. Yeah. That like um, – when, like, and you're privy to this, but I want to share it with the audience as well because I think it's an important thing. When I've been in business growth times, I've had my report set up to focus on like growing the business. Yep. When I've been in wealth building times where I'm taking money out of my business and building the portfolio, I very much changed the reports to be like, well, how much am I able to contribute to that? Because I know that's the key. Like, I, I really do. And Maddie, just an idea. I just like why we're here. <laughs> It'd be so awesome if like someone like came in with the service business and like they had three examples of the reports. Like, here's what you could potentially get if you were focused on this, or focused on this. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll make you set this up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we already would love it. Already done, mate. Already done. So I actually have a report, so you can work on that. But going back to yours, Grant is quarterly is a good 90 day cycles is a good way to look at that so that was my next question which yeah. like how often should i be like expanding yeah. and compressing and reviewing yeah. this like honestly you should be getting monthly reporting minimum that's your minimum like you shouldn't be any it shouldn't fortnightly is okay but it's probably a little bit too much but particularly with advertising if we just go down the advertising path and you look for growth 90 day cycles is your best to go because we can start looking at how what are the progress of that like you know we can set some goals and say oh you know like you go back to return on investment or like you know i'm spending uh, 900 dollars this quarter i expect that growth for that quarter to be at least you know double that so i want to see 1800 dollars so we can compare the quarter to quarter then you do the next quarter and we compare that quarter to quarter and then we compare the six months to the six months and then 
you have a conversation, you say, do we need to keep going that way or can we change it? Can we look at something different? No, let's keep looking at that and keep reporting on that. But 90-day cycles is is a business cycle. People don't look at, you know, realistically now we are 90 days or less than 90 days, just a bit over 90 days from Christmas. People are already thinking about next year, already thinking about next year. We, we spoke, we spoke about it. I saw, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. That's the thing because and so you, there's no use going in now going, oh, I'm going to change my reporting for the next three, for next month and then for November. It's like, no, you need to look at now with, what, what do we want to report on in January and February but keep the reporting the same for this year. Now, just as a side note, Matty, you <laughs> routinely rubbed in the good weather that Queensland has to offer <laughs> as like why you would want to live in Queensland. But I bet there's some appeal to being at that dinner, right? Yeah, Maybe totally. Melbourne's got some. I, I was Ooh. jealous. So I'm not going to lie. It's like where was my invite, but I wouldn't have gone anyway. So <laughs> Let's get the realestate.com <laughs> listing up because I'm calling it now. I'm making the call. Melburnians unite. If you're yeah, in Melbourne and you want to start it. being able to come to the dinners that Grant and I are having to have these types of conversations, like maybe Melbourne's got some appeal. <laughs> yeah, but I want to hit wife. on something else there is like I, I didn't consider timing when I prepped for this episode, but it's like it, let's say you're a business and like I'm going to use a gym as the example, right? So maybe if you're going to expand, you've got to open up a new location. So you need a building, you need weights and stuff, and then like you've also got to like uh, invest all this capital into it. If you're fixated on monthly reporting and you're making this huge investment in a facility, like you, your report won't be reflective in this case of like, well, the potential revenue that comes from that asset over time. So you probably want to measure over like maybe even a year in that example yeah. because then you can split that cost out and go, okay, well, what's the return on that investment? Where if you go too monthly, maybe that shrinks your thinking because you're only trying to grow things in a monthly idea. And there's probably countless examples of this. If you need to make a factory, manufacture, like there's all these times where m- monthly reporting would actually be terrible for true measurement. Yeah, 100%. All right, well, I want to shift to the next one here. So we covered service business a little bit. I know we do have some people out there that are in like, uh, I'll, I'll say product, right? They make something and sell it. So this is a, lease, a less people-heavy business. Like where do the reports become important for this type of business, Matt? Your reports for this type of business then become your fixed costs or your fixed costs. You know what they are, but then you have to know what your variable costs are. So let's say I'll use the old, everyone uses a widget. The widget cost is $3 to make, $7 to sell, nice profit, etc. But if that $3 and we're looking at you know, you know, uh, cost of living is going up, interest rates going up, your variable costs then become very, very important because if you're then – you know, going from making $3, so your fixed costs are $2, your variable cost is a dollar, so it's $3 to make. If all of a sudden your variable costs are $3, you don't know what they are. And you you, know, you, you produce $10,000 a year at, you know, a dollar, great, that's $10,000. But if all of a sudden it's like we want to produce $10,000 in a year and it's $3, well, hang on, that's a lot of extra cash we have to find to fork out and our profit margins are gone if we're not upping our sale price. So, therefore, so let's you- just use an example of that. Let's say someone does make a widget and the factory this widget's in, suddenly power prices have gone up. Yep. Yep. And Very then they're not practical. aware of that. They could get some like serious margin compression and maybe not necessarily adjust their prices reflectively. Yeah. If you're not adjusting that price, so you're reporting, you, your reporting would have to be monthly at most because the prices are changing that regular. That in both in interest rates, electricity prices, wage increases at the moment is a big one for um, you know, 
Coles and Woolies, those places, like the wages, minimum wages are going up. All those sort of places, like, you know, like you have to be adjusting and you have to be adjusting on a regular basis. You might have five or six price increases this next 12 months just to cover, get the same amount of money in. And if you don't keep on top of that, you lose money. One of the other things, <laughs> one of the other sides that like in software and also manufacturing, because it's very similar. I'll, I'll talk about manufacturing. A friend of mine's got um, very successful performance parts car um, sort of business and they just manufacture like exhaust and stuff like that. The fascinating thing when I've sat down and walked through his books many years ago was how much he had to budget in order to do an order. So he would buy stock that would last three months, give or take, and now it probably is a lot quicker than that. So he will need to go and save up a whole heap of money, put this one lump sum of cash, like once a quarter in manufacturing thousands of products, then try and forecast when he's going to receive them and try and forecast when he's going to sell them, right? And so on his books, if to your point previously, Charlie, if he was going month by month, dude, they're going to that's going to look terrible because profit margins are great for two months. And then the third month, it's tanked. But in addition to that, the second thing that I found very fascinating was how he manages uh, accounts receivable and accounts payable. So like when he goes and pushes into like a retail store, like how he has to go and follow up and do all these things for payments, but also the 90-day terms or whatever he's got of the manufacturing and how he can pay that down. Like there's can a can lot I just more- say one thing quickly? Do it. To all the internet marketers out there that bitch and moan, like these are all the things you don't have to deal with, right? It's like you sell invisible shit that can scale on the internet and not have to deal with like, is it supply chains, logistics, Completely. manufacturing? It's Completely. like, wow, is this thing starting to get complex? I don't want to hear it. If you- <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is the point. It's like imagine trying to take the same approach to a services business and applying it to like manufacturing. It, it does not even compute. And Manny, I'm sure you've got some more examples of how it doesn't even like relate and what other examples of what an excellent product business could look like. Do you know, one more thing. Is this not very timely on the idea of how many builders are going broke? Totally, like if yes. If you see yeah. in the news, it's like- <laughs> Exactly. So, Matt, so Matty, we'll come back to you on this one. Like if you were a builder, right, and we've seen you us literally you can go on the new go to the AFR, go to YouTube, like there is a list being formed of the amount of builders that have gone broke in the last twenty-four months because of uh costing has got out of hand. If you're a builder type business or manufacturing type business, what becomes important then? The, the ca- cash flow is important. Like your timing of your cash in and out is the utmost importance. You'll everything you see around the building stuff at the moment is like we paid $80,000 and we've had nothing done for six months. Well, they paid that $80,000 to cover something that was six months ago, literally. That's because they their timing has been stupid. And that's the only word I can use, and I do apologize if that offends anyone. But in that building industry, it is just crazy timing. You have to get that timing perfect. And with the you know, what the, we all know what the reasons are for that timing, you know, Ukraine war, all that sort of stuff. Um, another area that I've seen, and this is on a s- supply chain side of things, is from China when the boats weren't being, you know, everything was being held up on the boats. Well, you know, you guarantee to your client you're going to have it in the next six, you know, six weeks. Well, it takes eighteen weeks to get to the shore, and then it takes another three weeks to get off the boat. That's the boat sitting outside the port for three weeks. It comes down to timing, and that's where you've got to make sure that you have that timing correct. And if you're not measuring that, if you're not on top of that, and if you're not on top of like for the builders, 
some of these builders would have known 12 months ago that they're going that, that they're going to have problems but they did nothing about it they stuck their head in the sand they didn't look at the bank account they just do, went. do you think they knew though that was my reports, question <laughs> like do you totally. think they actually knew i can't sit yeah. here and say that any builder and i've i've known a few my my father was a builder i know many of them and i would say there's a blissful ignorance totally any of it i would concur i would concur but that's what I'm here for. You guys have got to talk to me. You've got to go, hey, what's happening? Why is it happening? Like I look at my business now and go, you know, like my biggest fear and like I don't have a fear of it is trading insolvent. It's like, you know, I don't want to trade insolvent. So it's like I would rather shut down an arm of the business or get reduce something to make sure that I don't go into that situation where I've got to fold the business. But people are people, – it goes back to my business is my bank account. Uh, no. That's the, the bottom line. <laughs> I wonder how many of these builders that have gone broke had a nice Mercedes in the driveway. I'm, I'm very curious about that. Yeah. But um, do you know what's interesting here? The two answers you've given um, for, let's say, the manufacturing company or the product company weren't the ones I expected. I really didn't, but I actually appreciate the insight because the whole like the variable cost thing on the product business is like I actually thought it was going to be the cost of the widget to make. I didn't think it was going to be that you got to watch your variables very closely there for like margin compression. And then on the builder, right, I would have thought the um, – <laughs> you've said cash flow is the main priority there, but I would have thought very much that like pro the uh, growth of the business becomes very important because they play such big games with debt. So if they – like if they grow too quickly – Essentially, they create their own house of cards where they're like ponzing money from one project into the next. But I think your answer is much better because like cash flow becomes critical in those types of business when yeah. they can get it back. Yeah, for the builder, like particularly if you like, you know, a lot of – and the building industry I think will change. That's just my personal opinion over the, you know, over the next 12, you know, three to five years. There'll be a lot less contracting work. Like because we've seen so many people, contractors not being paid, not being paid, not being paid because builders are contracting out, contracting out, contracting out. But you can be a builder, a solo builder, doing your own work, go and build two houses a year and still make a great amount of money. It's when you then go, I want to do five houses in a year and not two and I only want to put on one more person. Well, that doesn't compute. Like it's it, – it, you can do it, but that's when you run the risk. And it comes down to costs. Like you have to know your costs at the end of the day to be able to make money or to be able to ensure that you don't lose money. And that's the biggest mm. thing. Reporting yeah, I will tell say, you that. if they make changes to stamp duty, right, and they also clean up the trade a little bit, I'm getting out of services. I'm going into flipping houses. I'm literally going to be – I'm going there. I wanted it on the podcast that I see that opportunity with all these people getting wiped out and to your point, change is coming. And if that stamp duty thing changes, I think there's going to be a big opportunity for like the small builder, the guy that does a couple yeah. of projects he can flip a year is going to be huge in Australia. Yes, um, Or boomerhouse.com. It's like all the boomers that are retiring setting up the uh, – <laughs> I maybe have that debate. I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> But setting up homes for boomer? the uh, ageing boomer who needs like <laughs> handles and showers and all those things. Like I think there's a niche there as well. For all you boomers out there, just email Charlie. Reply back to the newsletter. And just say, I, hey, I know no boomers listen out. to the show, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials are laughing their asses off right now. <laughs> yeah, but, but millennials become that age again. Like we need to start looking at the future. We need to start like, you know, I'm thinking, I'm not young. You guys are, I've got a couple of years on you guys, unfortunately, but I'm starting to think about my retirement. I am like, I'm Great. that, I'm getting closer to it. All right. Are you ready? Why I put the, <laughs> why I really put the seed on here? 
Because guess who pays for the boomerhouse.com? So first customer. The kids. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I'm looking at this now going, I've got a cu- maybe there's a boomer house thing going on in my life right now and I'm seeing the opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll jump topics from there. Um, I think it's there. Grant, did you want to chime in on any points on this? Anything you want to add? I'm, I'm actually curious. Like I just want to summarize and understand what like the signs if someone's got like really bad reporting. So if anyone's listening to this, Maddie, whether they're a service business, a product business or whatever it is, for them personally, what are like the two, three, fourth signs that they just need to look out for where it's just like this alarm bell goes, ting, I need to do something about it. Uh, just four. Okay. Um, <laughs> or it can be two, it can be 10, no, it can be no, there's, however. There's a lot. Okay. The first one is if you're not, if your reports don't help you to reach a goal that you've set for your business, then they're not the reports for you. That's the bottom line. Like that's the number one. If you can't take those reports and go, this is my goal, this is where I'm getting to, and I can see that I'm tracking for that goal. That's the Do first you know, one. You just nailed me. I literally, like I look forward to getting my reports because yeah, I'm like, oh, is what I'm doing working or not working? You're scratching like, I want to know. Like I want that feedback. Loop. Yeah, but you should be getting that feedback from your reports. And if you're not, then – if you've got a bookkeeper and on no disrespect to any bookkeeper account out there, you're wasting your money. It's well, that's the bottom line. You are wasting your money. The second thing is, if you don't understand how those reports are helping you reach a goal, then hello, you need to help. You need to get help. You need to get somebody or to say, how do I help? Like, for example, if Grant, you come to me and say, Maddie, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm this is my goal. I don't know what I need. That's my job to tell you what, not to tell you what you need, to help you understand what you need. And the old saying, you don't know what you don't know. And when it comes to financials, most people don't know, (laughs) unfortunately. The third thing is you need to understand your margins. Like, you know, if you're running a business, whether it's a service business, a manufacturing business, a supply chain business, a builder, you need to know your numbers. Numbers Mm. don't lie. And that's why I love numbers because – they're exact. They're, there's 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 no messiness of, you know, I interpret it this way. Well, that plus that plus that equals that, full stop, end of story. Interpretation, <laughs> gone. No emotion. <laughs> yeah. And then the final thing is if your bookkeeper is sending you stuff without actually helping you understand what you're doing or understand what they're sending you, then they're not helping you. They're just doing their job. That's great. There's plenty of bookkeepers out there to do that job. But like – I actually have a client who, you know, in the first – he's been a client now for a few months. But in the first three months, Matt, what does this mean? Matt, what does this mean? Matt, what does this mean? And now it's like he comes to me and says, Matt, I think that means that, but that means this, and that's really bad. Yes, mate, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, and I think a symptom of people not how, talking how to How great he picked it up though. Yeah, I'll yeah, say right. just quickly. All yeah, right, great. That's it. Um, I actually think that that fourth point is a symptom of a business owner not actually understanding their goal and not articulating that to their the bookkeeper, right? Because it's like, well, the bookkeeper has no idea what success looks like, so it's just like, here's a report, here's a report, here's a report. Yeah. I'm going to throw a couple in. I would say if you've never changed your reporting, <laughs> like that's a pretty yep. big sign. That's like a huge sign. Yeah, so if like – or if you haven't changed it recently, like I, I just think that's a massive sign. I would say like a symptom for me is like I indecision. Like if I'm feeling indecisive in my business, like it's probably pretty clear that I haven't given myself the reporting to help myself. 
So things become like really vague on that. So I'll just throw those couple in there. But I am going to wrap this one up, guys, because we are running long. And I know some of the audience, Chris Benetti, I will name Chris, you. Chris, it's Chris. <laughs> if we cut an episode in half, we'll get these like, guys, you're just leaving me on edge. We won't do it too. We're going to make this a single episode here, Chris. But um, I think this is a really important conversation for a lot of the business owners out there. Matt, once again, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast and discussing these things. If someone wants to come and get their books reviewed or get help putting this stuff in place, where's the best? what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Reach out to me on Facebook, on the community there. I'm there all the time. Or, you know, Matt at PlatinumFS au. That's a good place to reach out to me. And for all the listeners out there, I'm actually doing a, a special at the moment. I'm on holidays post this one, but I, by the time this comes airs, I'm back from holidays. Um, I'll give you a half hour free review of your information for the first 10 listeners. I won't do it for everyone because I know the community is growing. So, but for the first 10 people to get in, send me an email um, and I'll do a half hour free review of your information and let you know what reporting you should be getting and we'll have a chat about it. So that's for, for your listeners out there. Appreciate that so much. And we'll make sure we put links in there. You can also connect with Matt on the Full Stack Business Owner website. He's active in the Facebook group. He's not just in there, he's active. So you can connect with him on that as well. Um, I'm going to wrap this one up. A hugely insightful uh, episode. I hope this helps everyone out there listening to it. That's it for this one.